I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to episode number 13 of the HR Coffee Time podcast. If you haven't listened before, I'm your host, Faye Wallace. I'm a career coach and an outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. I created the HR Coffee Time podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. In this episode, you'll get to meet executive search consultant, Craig Elvin, who specializes in placing people in senior level roles. And he very generously shares his insider tips with you on how to get a senior level HR role. So no matter what level you're currently operating in, whether you're in a senior role already, or you would like to be, it's well worth listening to hear all of the advice that he has to share. I'm very excited to be joined by Craig Elvin today, who's from Executive Heads, and he is going to be sharing loads of wonderful advice with you on how to get a senior level HR role. So welcome to the podcast, Craig. Hi, Faye. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're really welcome. I'm so pleased that you're here because I know you just have a wealth of information about this. So before we get stuck in, though, to all of the great tips that you're going to share, it would be wonderful if you wanted to tell us a little bit about your background and also about the work that you do now. Yeah, sure. OK, so I was in a really fortuitous place at 16 and a half, 17 years of age that I knew everything. So I didn't have to go to college anymore and I joined the British Army and I spent the best part of a decade working on uh, as an engineer on tanks and armoured equipment. So that was my first foray into working life. And then 15, 16 years ago, made the 
obvious transition to come out of the military and to start working in recruitment, which is what I did. And since then, I've spent, as I said, 15 years working in the recruitment industry with a couple of the big international, very well-known consultancies, and then progressively worked for smaller businesses, but uh, hiring into more senior roles. And I've spent the last six years working, managing either executive search businesses or practices in the UK and, and overseas. And I suppose the important thing about that piece was that that transition for me from military to recruitment actually came through my network, which is something that I'll kind of touch on later on, because I think that's a really important part of people's career journey. So military to recruitment, and now I work for the Heads Resourcing Group. I run a business called Executive Heads. Also has two other businesses in it, which is Procurement Heads. And some of your listeners may have worked with Jen Gaster and the team in HR Heads in the past. So they're, they're the other two businesses in our group. And as we say, we look after executive and leadership roles. And our mission really is to do a little bit more for our clients. We want to help them to access, assess and retain the best leadership talent for their businesses. There's all sorts of things that we do, which is above and beyond a normal recruitment process to help our clients do that. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And gosh, I could talk to you for ages then to ask you about your military backgrounds and how you found making that transition. But that will have to be for another day because I know that we've got sort of a tight time scale to cram in all of this great information you're going to share. So I'll catch up with you about that later, definitely. But if I could just start off with my first question, really, which is as far as executive level roles are concerned and senior level roles, what would you class those as being? Yeah, good good question. So so typically we're talking sort of C-suite and C-suite minus one in bigger organisations, but sometimes in some of the smaller SME businesses, they're really those key positions of influence within an organisation. So sometimes if an organisation is small enough, head, enough could, head of could be a really kind of senior role in an organisation. And I think that takes us into a whole nother conversation around job titles you know that's it's a great one i met somebody the other day who was a ceo of a business and I, when I, I was impressed at um, him being a ceo but it turned out he had nine people working in his business it's like okay so job titles are an interesting one these days but it, we want to be working with businesses that really um, value what we do and, and, and it's putting people into those roles that are really helping affect the leadership of an organization Okay, so it really is the leadership and absolute top level roles. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So if there is someone listening to this at the moment who maybe is at HR manager or HR business partner level, or perhaps HR director level or head of HR, and any of those people listening might want to take the next step up, it would be wonderful to hear your key pieces of advice. What is the most important thing you would encourage them to do? So I think... To start with, you need to plan ahead. Rightly or wrongly, um, UK and European roles, especially uh, businesses especially, we have quite a hierarchical kind of pyramid structure to a lot of businesses. So the reality is if you're in that management head of role, that next director or, or C-suite role, is there's going to be fewer of them. Just by the very nature, there's going to be fewer of them. So I think really starting to think and make sort of proactive plans about okay I'm going to start moving what does good look like for me what does that look like in in terms of opportunity business 
could be remuneration. There'll be lots of things which are people's drivers, but it's understanding what they are so that you can start to apply it and really start to look early. The earlier you do it, the better decisions you're going to make. And, and you know, I think a lot of people in those senior roles, typically you want to make an informed decision, not a rushed one. So, so the earlier you can start to think about it, the better. So how long do you think the process typically is for someone who's aiming for one of those most senior roles? So I think that typically from somebody sort of starting the interview process or somebody starting to headhunt somebody to an interview and an appointment, you're probably looking between three to six months. And then individuals may have three to six months on top of that in terms of their notice period. So, you know, really starting to think about it 12 months out is a really good thing to start doing, if at all possible. Uh, Faye, you and I both know that that's a good plan, but inevitably something will happen and two jobs will pop up last minute. But I, I do think, especially with senior people, right, we get so engrossed in what we're doing in our businesses. We're so kind of ingrained in what's going on on a day-to-day basis we don't always give ourselves the opportunity to think about ourselves and, you know, our careers because we're too busy kind of thinking, worrying about our teams and our businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, just taking a little bit of time now to work on yourself. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. So if, for example, I think, okay, that's it. I really want to aim for the next level above my current role. I'm going to listen to Sensible Craig and give myself plenty of time. So I'm not desperate to move on, but I know it's unlikely that opportunity is going to present itself here. What are the first steps I should be taking? Yeah, okay. Well, you'll have to get Sensible Craig on certain days because he doesn't come out every day. But uh, what you need to start thinking about really is what problems do I solve for businesses? Because as you move into that senior level, it's not just my CV versus a job description. It's not, I've been an HR manager, so I'll go into an HRD. Typically, those people in those really senior levels, whether it's the CEO, whether it's the managing director, possibly owner or founder in an organization, has got some problems. You know, and I think about your audience in terms of HR, they're people problems are, are quite vast, right? But it could be my operation, my organisational design is wrong. We don't know what we're doing in terms of paying benefits. There's a whole host of things it could be. But it's what problems do I solve really well, really effectively for businesses? What have I got a track record of being able to do for businesses? And how can I demonstrate that to somebody both on my CV and when I get to interview? Because I think... What I've seen, especially over the last 12 months, is people that can articulate the problems that they solve really well on their their CV and their LinkedIn profile tend to get interviews. And then those people that can demonstrate it at the interview are the people that very often will be offered a job. Brilliant. They're such good tips. And I have got a CV writing course, but it doesn't actually cater for the C-suite level roles. I have to create another course to cover that. But one of the things that I do talk about in the CV course is actually how you do that. Because so many people will say to me, oh, it's so hard to shout about my achievements, Faye, or it feels wrong, or actually it's quite difficult to quantify or put a figure on what it is that I've been doing well. So I've always borrowed sort of project management speak, which is to say, okay, if you think about how you improve things, often you can make an improvement to time. So you make something 
faster or you reduce the amount of steps um, it takes to get to something. You can also improve things according to cost. So that might be that you start making more money for the business or by creating efficiencies or implementing something new. Again, you're saving money or making money. And then the final one, which is harder to quantify, but there are ways of doing it, is around quality. So you've really improved something, whether that's a service or a process. But if you can think of it in those three ways, it can sometimes be easier to be able to put measures on these things. I'd be really curious to hear what your thoughts are about that approach and if you've got some extra insights that you can add into the mix. I think that's an amazing insight. It's definitely a brilliant starter for 10. And one of the challenges we have is that the people that sit in front of me in particular, they're saying, well, I've got 20 or 30 years experience and it's just so vast and I've got so much of it and I'm trying to put it into two, three, four pages of A4. And it it feels difficult for them to do because they don't want to miss anything off. And my kind of mantra, if you like, is don't forget you're writing the trailer, not the main movie script. Right. So it should be enough that gets people interested and that they want to invest to pay to go and see the movie. They want to invest and bring you into their office and invite to spend time with you because there's something in there that's interesting. them, Right. And I think I would take your piece around. Can you improve time, quality, efficiency, et cetera, to, to one step further? And when you get into that senior level, I think really there's only three levels why anybody would hire a senior leader and that's in terms of what you do for the business can you affect revenue generation so again if you think about hr people can we hire better people into the organization which affects revenue yes can we train people better so they can perform better so that we can sell more yes you know so hr has a real impact on that can we make efficiencies in our organization that hit the bottom line is number two so again hr can do that because you're having the right size organization that efficiency piece definitely and thirdly if you join the business next year and you stay for a year two years or five years when you exit the business will you be leaving my team in a better place than when you walked in the door and then if you think of everything else it's kind of a derivative of one of those three things so when i'm talking to people about their achievements I'm really focusing in on those things, revenue, profitability, and capability of a team. I love that idea of thinking about, yes, are you going to leave the team in a better position than they started? That's just so important, isn't it? Oh, well, thank you very much for going into that in a bit more detail for me. So I'll just take a step back again. So I'm being super organized. I've got 12 months in advance. I've spent some time thinking about, okay, what problems can I solve? What great things can I bring to an organization? What should I do next? Uh, so look, I think there's there's a host of things. Just, just finally on the CV piece, if I can, just remember you're really writing for an audience in terms of these people who are really time poor really uh, output driven so you've got to make it your cv focused around that to make sure that you're you're really catering for your audience and i said to you before i've got a template that i use so if people want to drop me an email i'm more than happy to uh, to send it out to them i think The next piece that I'd be looking at after my CV is your LinkedIn profile. And I think I can already hear some people's eyes rolling. Yeah, the prospect of having to kind of sell themselves publicly. 
But I think one of the things, especially over the last 12, 18 months that we've seen is there's a hidden job market and I think it's growing and at a senior level. So why is it hidden at a senior level? Well, you might not want to publicly talk about the fact that your chief HR officer is actually exiting the organization. You might not want your customers or your suppliers today, you might not want your team to know because it might unsettle them. It could be, you know, the other thing that we've seen is that if you place an advert at the moment, typically you're going to be overwhelmed by the response. So actually reaching out to people and inviting them into a process, so you might have 15 or 20 people in a process rather than 300 to manage, companies find a lot better. So what they're doing, they're turning to people like myself, their internal talent teams to help them find people. And the reality is, rightly or wrongly, and whatever people think of LinkedIn as a platform, that is a big place where people are going to start typing in and searching, looking for people. And if you optimize your profile properly, so really take a kind of search engine optimization approach to your own LinkedIn profile, you're going to show up on more higher on the, the search results. And you know, there's that famous saying that says, where's the best place to, to hide a dead body? Or well, page two of Google search results because nobody ever goes there. And it's a little bit that on, on LinkedIn because people will look at the people that come up higher on that list. So, yeah, that would be my next bit. Go and make sure your LinkedIn profile is really, really, really well optimized. Brilliant. I know that lots of people don't like LinkedIn, but I'm a huge <laughs> LinkedIn fan. And I have a LinkedIn course as well where I talk about all of this. I don't think I use the words optimization, but that is what I'm talking about in it. And you're right. It is just like SEO. So. For anyone listening to this who hasn't done the course or isn't quite sure what you mean by optimization, it would be great to hear a little bit more about that. There are certain areas of the profile that I really recommend putting in keywords because the idea is that when a recruiter is on LinkedIn searching for the perfect person for the role that they're trying to fill, they'll be using different criteria to try and find that person. And part of that criteria is around keywords, which are often things like um, the right job title, the right skills. So could you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm not going to confess to knowing the algorithm that sits behind LinkedIn and anybody who does, well, they change it so often that it that it becomes difficult to know and understand that. But you're absolutely right. You know, the search criteria comes and, and, and is read by an algorithm and I look at the guys that do research in our business for instance and if we were looking for a chief people officer for an organization there'd be certain phrases and some of the boolean search strings that these research guys pull together are really quite long and quite complex so the more you can do to fill those keywords into certain places the more likely you're going to show up and I think the other thing that people forget and again uh, I think it's really important with LinkedIn is now, my phrase is LinkedIn love people who love LinkedIn. So rightly or wrongly, the more that you utilize the platform, you like, share, comment on people's content, even write your own content. You know, if you're in a leadership position, I think most people in those places could talk about. And again, let's take your audience, for example, you know, three things to think about when you're cheapy and staff three things to think about when you're, you know, creating effective organizational design, lessons learned from um, uh, homeworking, or there's lots of things that people have in terms of really good knowledge 
that would help and benefit their peers and, and other people become really interesting to other people and just help to promote their profile. So rightly or wrongly, get on the platform and start to uh, start to use it. Yeah, so that's something slightly different to the profile, isn't it? So it's one thing to make sure you've got a great profile on there, you've got some really good keywords, so they're words that a recruiter might be searching for when they want to fill the role, so maybe particular skills or areas of expertise that you have or, or previous job titles that you've had. But that point about actually posting on LinkedIn, I really agree with you. I think it can massively make you stand out because there aren't that many senior level or want to be senior level HR people who are doing it. So I can probably name on one hand the uh, senior HR people who I see posting quite regularly on LinkedIn. And the fact that I can name them, I think is pretty amazing because it means if someone was to say to me, oh, you know, Faye, we're thinking of looking for a leader you know, who's very focused on their team or who's come up with innovative approaches during the pandemic, they're probably some of the first people who are going to come to mind because I've been seeing their content so much. And it doesn't all have to be, um, I suppose people used to think of LinkedIn as being quite boring and it's really not anymore. Just to give you some examples of some great posts that I've seen from senior HR people recently. I saw the HR director for Fender, you know, Fender Guitars. She posted a picture of her with her guitar saying that she had been there for 12 months and how much she was enjoying it. And I thought, this is brilliant because it just makes you seem very approachable, very real. And she, I think in the post then said, you know, we've got lots of opportunities at the moment. Take a look at our jobs board. So you know, it could well be she's probably not looking for a new role. But what she's doing there, you know, to any future person who then decides to look her up on LinkedIn, obviously, they'll be able to see her old posts. You think that's brilliant. She's really involving herself and, you know, showing that she's committed to the organisation. And I even clicked, not for me, just because I was really interested. I thought, God, I didn't even know that there was actually a huge Fender office not that far away from where I live. I started thinking, gosh, for any of my coaching clients who might be looking for roles, you know, this is potentially really interesting. So an awesome organisation. Yeah. So with that one post, I I thought she was incredibly clever. And hopefully she's not going to mind me mentioning this. (laughs) (laughs) I do. And I, I do think as well, you know, on the flip side, if you think about senior people are going to be hiring their teams, good people want to work for good people. You know, I will phone people up and I'll be talking to them, headhunting them, talking to them about job opportunities. And they'll be asking me who the organisation is, what the location is, salary, all those things. And they will ask me inevitably in one of the first few questions, who would I be reporting to? And you can hear the tapping on the keys. And what they're doing is they're looking at that person's LinkedIn profile. So you've got to think about it not as only as an opportunity for you to find and attract opportunities to you, but actually attracting talent into your team because that like you said that lady there she will be you know people go I want to work for somebody like that so actually she you know that's a brilliant piece absolutely and I thought really annoyingly I can't remember exactly who it was now but there was someone posting about how they celebrated achievement within the organization and so I think it was photos of someone receiving an award who they worked with so they're then again not shining the light on themselves as an HR director, 
but they're really showing actually this is an organization where we value the people within it if you come and work here you're going to get looked after and look at these lovely things that happen and what a brilliant image to be conveying for now while you're in that role as that HR director but also for when you want to move on if someone's looking back through your profile you're going to have really stood out and you're you're really walking the talk aren't you as to what your leadership style is and look I think as long as it's authentic and it's value add it's not a bad thing to be posting it on the network but please don't type what's the next number in the sequence or look at this fluffy cat let's keep that for uh, other social platforms but yeah so, so no, I, I think it's a really really important medium to utilize that's for sure Okay, well, you can see that LinkedIn is one of my geek topics, really. So I'm now really conscious that I could just carry on talking about it for ages. So I will stop. We'll put the brakes on LinkedIn for the moment, apart from to say, it's really important, please do think about it. And then if we could move on to your next piece of advice. I know that for you, networking is just absolutely crucial, particularly when it comes to this level. So could you tell us a little bit about how you think people can be doing that and what they need to be aware of. Yeah, brilliant. Look, I think I think there's other routes to market. So again, over the last 18 months, I've seen a lot of people become really frustrated because their only route to market, and by route to market, I mean finding another job, is they're applying for jobs on online job boards. And as I said to you before, they're attracting a lot of applicants. I mean for no other reason in some cases that it's so easy to do it now so you can you can apply for 10 jobs in five minutes on linkedin now just by pressing apply so the things that perhaps a few years ago we did in terms of sending a cv off putting a stamp on an envelope walking to the post box doesn't happen so you are gen- there's a lot of applications going into roles so statistically i think it's somewhere between five and ten percent the chance of you getting a interview off of a job application so i think you've got to consider that could become a really frustrating route to market so you've got to think about your other things so your network is really it should be really really important to you think about starting to talk to other people trusted people in your network and i think we all know those key people of influence in our network right so there's people there that you can that you know are really well networked, they've always got their finger on the pulse. And sometimes if they're trusted people, so you trust them and you value their opinions, finding them up, asking them for some advice. Hey, I'm starting to look at job opportunities. What do you think about me applying for this type of thing? What do you think of me applying for that? What you actually start to do surreptitiously by asking for their advice is you're now front of mind. So, And what you will find is if you start talking to some of your people in a trusted way, They'll be saying, oh, I didn't realise you were looking for something else. I was approached by this headhunter for this role. Do you want me to introduce you? Uh, I've seen this advertised. Our business is looking to try and do this. Do you want me to get you to, you know, why don't you come in and meet the boss? Because statistically, you're more likely to find a role through your own network than you are for applying for a job or, and dare I say it, through for, for a recruitment business or executive search firm. So it's... You've got this whole network of people that you've worked with over the years, you've built up, you've you've kept in contact with them. Get them to start helping you with your job search. It's such valuable advice. And it's advice that I give at all stages of your career. But I think people are often surprised, actually, at how much of the jobs market 
is hidden and is never advertised. Because although the internet is a wonderful thing in lots of respects, it can make us think, oh, yes, everything's just online now. But actually, if you think of how you try and source anything in life, like if I think when we moved into our house, it needed completely redoing, I asked around and said, can anyone recommend a builder? Can anyone recommend a decorator? You feel so much more confident using someone if they come with a personal recommendation than if you've just looked them up online. And the same applies for everything in life. Like lots of my clients <laughs> come through personal recommendations. It's the same at all levels of jobs as well. But I think even more so at those senior levels, because it's so crucial to fill those roles well. Uh, often, I think that the, the people at the top will start saying, okay, we're looking for someone and they'll start actually saying to their contacts, do you know anybody? And so their contacts are only going to know that you're available if you've told them. So it, it's just so important. And in fact, I'm being super organized and recording this episode with you quite a few weeks in advance of when it will go out. So by the time this episode comes out, I should have already created an episode that is specifically dedicated to talking about networking. So for everyone listening now, hopefully, <laughs> if you go back a few episodes, there will be one there, which is a solo episode of me talking about this topic in a lot more depth. So if you don't really feel confident with networking or, or want to embrace it, please go and have a little listen to that episode to get some more tips and advice. That's awesome. And I, I think that's really, really important. And, you know, my role, as I said to you, when I came out of the military was because I was networking with um, and there was a, a, a lady that my wife worked with in the bank and her husband ran a recruitment business. And we've been talking and I didn't know it was called networking at the time. I thought it was called having a beer, which is what we were doing. But we got got to know him got to understand him. So when I came to leave the military, I said, look, you know, is there a consultant I should go and see to help me find a new job? And he said, well, I know you and I trust you. And I, would you want to come and be a consultant rather than see one? I didn't know what that was. But the point being, he felt really comfortable because we knew each other. So I think, I think that piece, that network piece is just so key. Okay, so now that we've covered off networking, what is your next piece of advice for someone who wants to move into a senior level role? Yeah, I, I think, I suppose, a follow on from that networking piece is start to think about the companies you want to go and work for, right? So if it's Fender up the road from you, it's whatever those businesses are, and start to try and find ways into those businesses. Again, is there people are there people there that you know that have worked there in the past? Is there anyone who works there now? You know, is there a connection? What is it? Start to follow them on social media platforms, comment, like, and share their content. By doing those sorts of things, you're starting to ingratiate yourself with that um, that organisation. So it's just one of those other kind of routes to market, which is just trying to think about okay, they're the businesses I want to work for. How do I get in front of them? What can I do? To influence that and I think sometimes again people think oh that's you know I, I don't want to go and talk to them about you know whether they're, they're hiring or not because I don't want to seem a, a pain in the backside but ultimately if people start to think about it from a viewpoint of that organization might have a problem that I can help them fix and by talking to them now they're not going to have to go through a recruitment process. They're not going to have to pay a headhunter. They're not going to have to pay a recruitment consultancy. It's going to save them time and it's ultimately going to save them money. So 
what's the harm in saying, hey, I fix, I fix some of these problems for some of these businesses. Would you like to have a chat? And they, worst case, they go, no, thanks. Best case, they go, God, that's a problem we've got. And I think, yeah, let's have a conversation. So I think don't be afraid to approach people as long as you're going to go add some value to them. And you haven't really touched on in very much detail about working with recruiters or headhunters. So do you think that at this level, it makes sense for people to actually be getting in touch with recruiters and headhunters and saying that they're interested in opportunities to move? Yeah, totally. Um, Yes. (laughs) And and I'm I'm choosing my words carefully because I don't want to, you know... uh, blow our own trumpets too much but I think if there are consultants out there you've got a good relationship with and they will make themselves known to you right because they'll be willing to sit down with you to to really understand you as an individual understand what your expectations are what your requirements of a new role will look like they'll be willing to invest time in you as a human being because you know the whole send us your cv don't call us will call you doesn't feel good for a lot of people so yeah having some of these and probably kind of two or three perhaps that will have their ear to the ground for you that might be talking to owners founders chief execs whoever that might need to hire somebody like you absolutely have a conversation um they should be able to demonstrate to you that they feel the types of jobs that you want to go into they should be able to demonstrate to you that they've got, a, you know, they are interested in you as a human being. And if you can find that and have those relationships, then absolutely, you know, to have two or three in your, in your kind of pocket, so to speak, that will be helping you is is definitely a, another route to market, that's for sure. And one of my tips would be is once you've actually made those contacts and perhaps do get placed by the recruiter or the headhunter is going back to that networking principle, stay in touch with them. Because although you may love your new job that you go into, and hopefully you're going to love it, and you're going to be there for many, many years, at some point, you probably will want to move on. And it's so much easier if you've managed to maintain that great relationship to then it's just much quicker and easier to go back to them and say, okay, I'm looking for the next role now. But but you know what, I would take it a step further again, right? Because I think not everybody, but my, some of my experience, and, and recruiter bashing is easy, right? Oh, I sent them a CV and they never called me back, aren't they bad people, right? So it's really easy, you know, and, and recruiters get bashed a lot of the time. But actually, when was the last time you did something for a recruiter? So you talk about having a relationship, and a relationship is two ways, right? When was the last time, you know, you said, look, why don't we have a coffee? I want to tell you about what my career expectations and aspirations are, what I'm looking for, et cetera. But why don't I we also see which companies you want to be working for that I've got introductions for that I can make an introduction to and help you out? And then suddenly this kind of one-sided stay-in-touch relationship actually becomes a brilliant working relationship where you're recommending a recruiter to some, some companies you might have worked with in the past and they might be recommending you to the businesses they've worked with as well. So there's, you know, it's not just stay in touch. Yeah, so helping the recruiters and making sure you're being nice to them as well again it's all the networking principles isn't it reciprocity that law of reciprocity whereas if i do something for you you're more likely to want to do something for me yeah absolutely thank you so much so as you already know i tend to ask my guests for a book recommendation at the end of the interview it would be wonderful to hear 
what your book recommendation is. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real firm favourite of mine, and that would be Legacy by James Kerr. It's a book about that follows the All Blacks through one of their um, World Cup rugby campaigns where they went on a win. And what it does is a brilliant book for me in terms of it really draws the comparisons between sport and business and the lessons that the um, journalist learned by being around the camp and interviewing all of the key stakeholders within the organisation and what he learned. And it's just this brilliant, I think there's 15 kind of lessons in terms of team building, defining purpose, responsibility, culture, how to give candid feedback, all of those sorts of things that make really, really good teams. And we kind of think as teams sometimes as on the sports world, but also in the office. And then it kind of mixes it really nicely with business and draws in some key learnings from Jim Collins, Good to Great, and some of those other really well-known leadership books and just pulls it together. But somebody who loves sport, I really love that kind of analogy with sport and business. It's really good. So a definite recommendation. Craig, it would be absolutely wonderful for anyone who's listened today and would like to get in touch with you. What are the best way of them getting in touch or finding more about the work that you do? Yeah, brilliant. So a few ways, as you know, I'm on LinkedIn an awful lot. So Craig Elvin, E-L-V-I-N on LinkedIn. There's not many of me out there, that's for sure. Um, Craig.Elvin at executiveheads.co.uk is my email address or our website is www.executiveheads.co.uk. Thank you. And you've got lots of blogs and videos and resources on that website as well, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Lots lots for there to sort of hopefully add value to people, that's for sure. I really hope that you found this interview with Craig helpful. If you're looking for a new role at the moment or thinking about progressing your HR career, other episodes that you might also find useful are episode number four, which is called Finding Your Next HR Role, Key Tips from an HR Recruiter with guest Tansel Omer. Episode number five is a solo episode where I talk you through how to progress your HR career using the 3E model. And episode number 11 is another solo episode where I talk about networking in more detail. So you might remember that in the interview with Craig, I said that I was hoping to create one. Well, I have. And actually, I realised that networking is such an important and such a big topic that I decided instead of just creating one episode about it, I decided to turn it into a series of episodes. So I'm also planning on making next week's episode about networking, but it's going to be about how to network confidently. So please do make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss that one. Have a great week and I'll be back again with the next episode on Friday.